the pride of Limerick, a young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Episode 120 of the Severe MMA podcast is here. My name, as always, is Sean Sheehan, and as always again, I'm here with the John Kiley of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald. And this week, like every week, there's a lot of news, and we're going to look back at USC 212. We're going to look ahead to the Australia card, or New Zealand card, actually, is it? New, New Zealand, Zealand Auckland, yeah. Auckland, looking forward to that. Not a great car, but we, we'll talk about that. Uh, there was a couple of fights in, in Cage Wires, big country sign for uh, Bellator, and we have, I think we have about 70 questions this week, so we'll get through we'll get through as many as they, of them as we as we can at the end of the show, so stick around for that. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at Sean Sheehan BA. You can follow Graham at Severe MMA. You can find us on uh, Facebook, Severe MMA Com. You can find me on Facebook, Sean Sheehan MMA. Instagram as well. You can find me, Sean Sheehan BA, and Severe MMA on Instagram. And SevereMMA.com, obviously. Support the website, support the podcast, spread the word. Give us a tweet out if you're listening. Tell people you hate us. Tell people you like us. We love it either way. Graham, how are things? Did you have a good weekend? Yeah, good weekend. Yeah, some very good... Some very good uh, sport on the lines stinking the place up. Oh god, some some very bad sport on. Well. Yeah. I had uh, a busy weekend. Some very disappointing sport. <laughs> yeah. I had my uh, I had my niece's uh, confirmation on on Saturday. What, what day was the lines on? No, Friday. Sorry, it was on Friday. I was up at, like really early for that. Of all day, then I went to wrestling on uh, Friday night, which was fucking brilliant absolutely just brilliant stuff pro wrestling, up, yeah. <laughs> yeah pro wrestling did up at eight o'clock the next day for uh for the lions and up until like seven o'clock last night for uh ufc 212 and the champions league final as well so jam-packed weekend there it was good a bit of a good crack all right but yeah, ah, yeah. that pro wrestling that was the best thing i've ever seen like this this fake mma is no good i, I like that real pro wrestling that's the shit. That <laughs> it, it looked it from your photos. It looked very, uh, very, uh, very low key, very cheap. It, it was very it, Like it's a bad idea to bring pro wrestling to Limerick when there's young lads coming home from training with Harleys. <laughs> one young lad hit one of the wrestlers across the back with Harley. Oh, it was good. Scum. <laughs> oh, it was hilarious. It was hilarious. Anyway. We'll have the tours board onto us for. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they're already on the PT. They're, we're on the watch list now, the Limerick Tourist Board watch list. Although, look, uh, someone argue I've can, done more. Can nobody take a joke anymore. anymore? Can nobody yeah. take a joke anymore? Yeah. They're gonna just, a bunch of nine McGrath's got around. <laughs> 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 uh, anyway, right, let's. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna hear about that one. Let's get into uh, to MMA and there's a on paper this UFC 212 card. It wasn't bad. It was good. There was some good, some good fights and some bad fights, and I think it was usually even the bad fights turn out to be good a lot of the times, or some good fights turn out to be bad. But I think this was one where the not great fights turned out to be not great, and the good fights turned out to be to be pretty good. Maybe the exception of the main event, although we, we'll get to that. I suppose we'll get to that first. Actually, Jose Aldo against Max Holloway, and even though we we got the pick in this wrong, I think. I think the the it evaluation. Looked like it, it looked like it was going to go the way we we predicted in the, did, in the yeah. first round and the start of the second. Yeah, like uh, looking through the fight, I think uh, my uh, my taking out my preview and talking about it last week here was that the jab would be the most important thing in the fight, and I thought it was to be honest. I thought Aldo came out, 
he was leading all the time. Like the first maybe minute and a half of the fight, there was hardly a shot thrown between the two people. Like Aldo and Holloway were kind of both feeling out, but Aldo started landing that jab and he started getting the you know the hooks behind it. Landed one or two very, very good uppercuts. Actually hurt Holloway maybe once or twice in the first couple of rounds. And it looked to be it looked to be going good for Aldo. You know, he was we'll get to the problems we'll get to the leg kicks and, and stuff in a second but watching back the fight again it was actually more dominant for aldo in the first two rounds than i thought watching it live you know holloway wasn't really landing much aldo was dominating in all facets of the game you know the power he was landing more power he was landing leading way better landing better jabs he was you know blocking a lot of what uh what max was throwing and when he got kind of had max hurt he went in he landed that big knee on him at one stage and, and was taking it to him but it went into the third round then, and Aldo's, or uh, sorry, Max Holloway's corner between rounds set up the pace. And that's kind of just what he did. That's all he kind of needed to do to take the fight away from Aldo. He just got in his face. Like, look at the difference between the first two rounds and the third round. Holloway literally just got in his face, started going forward, started throwing shots. And especially, uh, I'll say it again, but the jab. He was leading with the jab. He was throwing one, two right down the middle. And you saw it, the knockdown from Aldo. One, two, straight down the middle, got him to the ground, and he, and he finished it from there. But were you surprised when, when Holloway came out in the third round like that? Or like, I know we kind of both picked Aldo to kind of jab him up for the fight, but did it go? Were you surprised by that? No, I actually wasn't. I thought uh, I thought Aldo won the first two rounds, but with about with about two minutes or a minute and a half to go in the second round, I thought Aldo noticeably slowed and looked a bit tired, which is early for him to to, to slow down. I think Max Holloway kind of uh, noticed that in his corner. Obviously, must have noticed it because, it, as you said, they told him in between rounds to go for it and to up to up the the output. But it, well, his output wasn't low. It was just Aldo in the first two rounds. It was just Aldo was making them miss and landing yeah. himself. But he he did did, did have some. Um, it wasn't all Aldo's way, but he was he was looked like he was going to edge out the rounds, um, like like he's so so well known to do and has done masterfully over the years. But when you slow down against somebody with the volume of Max Holloway and um, Max Holloway just capitalized like that one two he landed it twice in a row when he when he when he dropped uh, dropped Aldo or back to the first round sorry the, the, people were saying oh he didn't land any he didn't throw any leg kicks but he, the one he did throw in the first round he got countered with a right hand by Max yeah. so when you get countered and it, if if you keep throwing that and keep getting countered it's 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 not going to work out well so. I can understand why Aldo stopped throwing them, but maybe maybe he could have sprinkled in one or two um, throughout the rounds. But Max Holloway's obviously he said he said himself in the lead up that he's been preparing for Aldo since he was seventeen, eighteen, and everybody knows that Aldo's leg kicks are are really well, re, uh, really vicious and really um, important to his game. So Holloway was obviously ready for that as well, and I think that that right hand counter to the leg kick that Aldo did throw showed that. Um, and I think that Aldo tried to grapple with. Um, tried to initiate the clinch and and what and he was already tired by that stage and he couldn't he couldn't get anywhere with it and i thought i thought max did a very good job of uh breaking the takedown or breaking the clinch before it really got started and uh, negating any possible takedown attempts or trips from from uh, aldo so it was really well done by by max he was patient he, he didn't get frustrated when uh when aldo was, was um was edging out the rounds at the start and he just uh waited waited till aldo got tired and then upped his upped his pace and Put him away beautifully, and like he threw a lot of punches uh, in a row when he had Aldo rocked. And uh, at one stage, you were when 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 the fight wasn't being stopped by the ref, you thought maybe oh he might gas himself out here. But Aldo was so was so uh, 
was so dazed by the shots that I think uh, even if even if the ref had let it go to the end of the round, I think it was just a matter of time before before Allo was put away by Holloway. Yeah, a few points there, just on the leg kicks as well. I think I noticed a couple of things with the leg kicks. Right, I think Holloway did a very good job of not letting Aldo kick him by being very square on. If you look at him all the time, like when Aldo kicks you, he likes to kind of have be stretched to the kick, if you know what I mean, so he can catch you right on the end of the of the curve of the of the, uh, of the kick. You talked about that one kick he threw in the first round. Max Holloway did counter it, but look at the way he kicked it. Like Aldo's leg was, you know, was about almost ninety degrees when he was throwing it because uh, Holloway was so close and so square on. You know, you need to get a bit of like, you know, you need to get a kind of a curve to it so you can land it perfectly. Like it's imagine like you you want to kick someone who's standing two inches in front of you in the side of the leg. You know, that's almost impossible. But if they're like three feet away from you, it's going to be a lot easier. You can time it and kick them there. So I think Holloway did that. And he like he was obviously a little bit farther away than that to him, but he was also like stepping on the outside of Aldo. You saw him staying in um you saw him staying in the orthodox stance as well for most of the fight. That's another thing. I'm sure Aldo thought that he would fight Southpaw a lot because obviously Holloway has done that before. You you heard uh, uh, Dominic Cruz saying that in the commentary. So Aldo would have also been looking for the inside leg kicks a lot. Maybe that was a plan of his coming in to look for the inside leg kicks rather than the outside leg kicks, and they never presented themselves to him. With, you know, with his his uh, favorite leg. But there's another thing as well. I think coming into and I said it to you, I thought Aldo, Aldo might be carrying an injury or something. Because, And I said this before the fight as well. Like, you look look at Aldo come up to most of his other fights. You always see him, uh, you know, smashing that bag in, in his workouts and stuff and in embedded and things all the time. That's one of those things about Aldo. You're thinking, you know, you hear people saying about it, you know, put, covering that man in a blanket like so he doesn't get injured again because he trains so hard like that so close to the fight. And I... Maybe it was just a, a tactic of his not to do that this time so he could keep healthy. But I don't know, it, it kind of looked weird to me and I I thought he might be injured before the fight. In the fight itself, he looked okay, but not throwing leg kicks as much, even like not even trying to throw leg kicks. Is it thing he's been doing less recently? He's definitely not throwing as many leg kicks recently, but I think against Holloway, it would have been you know wise to step outside and try to kick his leg. But I don't know. I could be wrong with that. Yeah, I think I think um, <clears throat> if history is anything to go by, if Aldo had any kind of significant injury, he would have pulled out uh, no matter when, no matter when it was sustained. But uh, all fighters have, well, nearly all fighters have little nickels and small injuries going into fights after after eight week camps. So I'd be surprised if he, if he didn't have something and some kind of injury, and I'd be surprised if Max didn't have some kind of injury as well. But I think if it was any significant hinder, big hindrance injury, I think Aldo would have pulled out. I think maybe uh, he struggles with the weight cut, and um, there was there was a few rumors around Twitter and stuff that he was having a bad weight cut. But um, that's kind of the norm for Anderson or for Aldo. Um, Novo Nier, we've had some trouble in the past with with Henan with uh, another another fighter who was uh, cutting a lot of weight to get to get to his weight class of one thirty five at the time, and he uh, like fainted or fell unconscious while, while, while doing a weight cut and banged his head and allegedly all the stuff is, is pretty well documented but I don't know if they've confirmed it um, and Claire Ugadella kind of Claire Ugadella who, uh, who fought in the cards left Novo Nieu in order to kind of get to more um, modern training and more modern gym and kind of take her training to the and fighting to the next level so maybe Novo Nieu have a problem there with, with their with the the weight cut and the weight cut has affected Aldo in the in the past in fights with him gassing out and he seemed to get tired in this fight as well. 
Although he was getting hit, he was getting hit, and he was getting hit to the body, which definitely adds to it as well. But yeah. Max Holloway was 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 eating the same, if not more, damage to the body. Um, and uh, Max Holloway was missing more than Aldo, even though he probably was landing more as well. He was throwing more output, and he didn't get tired. So, um, yeah, I think more maybe it might have been the weight cut rather than any significant injury to Aldo. Yeah, and obviously if he was injured as well, the weight cut would have. Uh... Would have played a part, you know. It would have been harder to get down the way, if, you know, if you're having, carrying yeah. an injury. And but I think your point there, and it was, like I think it's one of the biggest points to talk about concerning this fight, is the damage and is the durability. In fact, and we we spoke about it last week. You know, Aldo has been in with obviously knocked out by Conor McGregor after 13 seconds, two tough, well one tough fight and anyway, with with Chad Mendes. Yeah, he's two, dropped. Yeah. yeah, two tough fights with with Frankie Edgar as well. You know, Frankie lands a lot of, a lot of output, even though he might be the hardest hitter in the world, but. You know he's taken he's taken a lot of shots, especially like especially that Mendes fight as well. It was. Uh... But if you even if you take them fights away and and you hear the stories about Novo Yao and their gym wars and beating the head off each other and even breaking his rib two weeks before he was meant to fight Conor McGregor, you know it, they seem to be going very hard in that gym and that yeah. takes years off your fighting life. Yeah, I, I definitely. But like you could see it in there, like Aldo was hitting him arguably with a lot harder shots than Max knocked him down with. You know. That knee, especially that Aldo landed, he had landed maybe two or three hooks, just clean hooks yeah. before that, and it didn't knock a really stir out of him. Well. Yeah, yeah, it didn't. It didn't knock a stir out of him. Like he, Aldo hits you, most people with that knee, and they, you know he puts him down. But Max Holloway's chin is unbelievable. We saw even against a McGregor fight, and it was a long time ago, but the, you know the chin doesn't change. Like it's fifteen hard minutes with McGregor when he was knocking everyone out before and after that fight. You know, in there with Aldo again. Took a lot of damage, didn't get knocked out, and then he was able to to go in there and hit Aldo and and knock him out. I think like durability is something we mightn't talk about that much, but only when it's kind of an obvious thing, like we did did last week coming into this fight. But I think it, you know it's huge in MMA, and it's something we really don't look to enough. Yeah, and I, th- I thought it was telling the way um, at the end of the second round when Holloway was taunting Aldo, he he just kind of stood in position and didn't. He was he was happy enough to take the breather instead of capitalizing on on Max taunting him. Um, with his hands down, uh, I think it was the last like fifteen, twenty seconds of the round. I think uh, if Aldo had a bit, had a hadn't have been um, tired, he might have uh, he might have uh, went for for Max for doing that to him. I think that was a big confidence booster for Max Holloway as well. When he obviously was showing his confidence by dropping his hands and trying to get out of the strike and kind of kind of backing himself to to land the quicker, better strikes uh, in the in the any exchange that Aldo was would uh, initiate due to the taunting. Yeah, I think it's a mark of a champion as well. And you look back through all the greats, you know, in MMA, Anderson Silva, when he, you know when he submitted Chelsea, and even you know looking boxing, look at Floyd Mayweather. That what he does is the ability to change in the middle of a fight, you know, to be losing a fight and change to win it. I think that really is the mark of a great, great champion. And that's what Max Holloway did. You know, he was losing those, those two rounds very badly, and and he he went and and he changed it up and he won. But I just want to talk about the final sequence itself and maybe the stoppage and things like that. Like when Holloway knocked uh, Aldo down, I think Aldo actually recovered pretty quickly and got his wits about him. But there was one very unfortunate thing for Aldo. Just when he hit the ground, Max landed in his... Uh, he, he, Aldo got the full guard on Max. So Max was on top of him and Aldo obviously had these two legs kind of around his back. But Aldo then tried to kick Max away. But Max kind of got up off his knees a little bit at the time, and Aldo's leg kicked through Max's two legs, and Max ended up in his half guard, which was 
a very unfortunate thing. Like it, it's probably a thing you think Aldo should do in that position is try to kick him off. And if he had kicked him off, he probably would have got back up to his feet. But it was just unfortunate. He kind of kicked through his legs, and then Holloway was able to, you know, was able to creep up on him, kind of get into side control, get around his back, nearly choked him, and obviously landed landed a lot of damage. And yeah. uh, it, it was and, very and pinpointed so. with his ground and pound as well, uh, Max Holloway. Yeah. yeah, and when he first rocked him, he landed some very nice shots to to keep Aldo stunned and to while he was progressing to the mount and to the back and he was relentless with his shots as well he never gave aldo that, that couple of seconds he needed to recover and just kept pounding him kept pounding yeah. him put a serious yeah. beating on him in the end it reminded me a little bit of the first mcgregor diaz fight you know he kind of got got him hurt and I, I don't i actually don't think aldo was as tired as people in mega out in that fight i don't i didn't see it that much i think he just hurt him really badly and and the uh, the body shots definitely were uh, adding up, but the head shots as well were adding up, and obviously the durability. But it was a little bit like you know when Diaz got on McGregor, who just kept on and kept on him. You know, he was it was slick work all the way to take the back and get the choke. It was the same with Holloway, I think. And like people were talking about McGregor's great ground game, ground ground game isn't as bad as it looked in that. Like Aldo's ground game definitely isn't as bad, as bad as it looked in that. It, like it just shows when someone gets hurt, it, it's very tough to to keep going like that. Yeah, yeah. When you're rocked and when you're tired, and uh, the other guy smells uh, the victory and is flurrying on you, it's very hard to 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 recover in that moment and to uh, to uh, to think through what to do and to, uh, grappling wise when you're when you're constantly eating punches and constantly fending off uh, choke attempts or or trying to stop the mount and um, the relentlessness and the the, the speed of, of of Max Holloway's uh, or the intensity of Max Holloway just just didn't give him the didn't give him the time he needed to recover and I think it was uh, people were saying it was a late stoppage or an early stoppage but I think it was actually a really good stoppage. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I thought it was perfect. Like I thought it was one stage Aldo kind of got hit and he looked like he he might have been out, but uh, Max woke him up uh, with a little bit of a shot after that. But yeah, I thought it was I thought it was okay to be honest. I'd, I'd hate for it to be stopped uh, a little bit early, earlier and then uh, Holloway have the thing of, oh, it was just a bad refereeing thing when, when he deserved the victory. Like, you got you got to give the champion a chance to, to recover, but you also got to give, make sure the challenge, like, it's, you don't have to, but it's it's nice when the the challenger or the the guy who's winning the fight gets the chance to put a, put a stamp on the win. Yeah. I've no controversy around it. Well, a couple of things coming out of this fight now, and even before him as well. We'll get to Max in a second, and what's next for him? But for Aldo, there was a lot of talk coming into this fight that you know, and it was a big talking point that the the, the KO by McGregor was kind of a blight on his career. Will even be escalated now with this as kind of another one. And I'm I'm a person that comes on here all the time and says Aldo is one of the the best of all time you know he's arguably the greatest fighter of all time i think you can definitely argue that he i definitely put him in the top five anyway but these are definitely lights in his career like it, it doesn't change how good of a fighter he was but i think esther lynn put up a great photo last night of holloway mountain with aldo on the floor just bleeding and just kind of doing his best to get out but can't and it, it was a perfect photo for mma you know mma is this sport where you can be the best in the world and you will get overtaken it's because the sport moves too quickly it'll happen to conor mcgregor it'll happen to john jones it'll happen to everyone everyone gets overtaken and jose aldo, that's what happened that's what's happened to jose aldo mcgregor was knocked him out was too good for him early holloway was too good for him last night even though even when he was winning you know it, it's just uh, mma is one of those sports and i think aldo is still a great fighter just like tito ortiz was a great, a great fighter in his time just like heist gracie was a great fighter in his time or frank shamrock or whoever Anderson Silva as well. They're all great fighters, but everyone has their time, I think. 
Yeah, people are talking about oh, how much did the thirteen second knockout or by McGregor Ronaldo taint his legacy, or how much does this Holloway victory taint his legacy? But I actually personally, for me, think that the thing that taints his legacy the most is that dodging that drug test before the McGregor fight. That's what that's what takes him takes him away takes the most or takes the most away from his legacy, in my opinion. Yeah, that was downplayed a lot as well, but I think we spoke about it here. Uh, yeah, that was a lot in the podcast, on the carpet massively. Like when Wanderlei Silva dodged a drug test, they tried to ban him for life. Ronaldo refused a drug test and they tried to get your man deported and all that stuff. People just swept it under the rug for some reason. Uh, if, if the shoe had been on the other foot and Connor had dodged a drug test, I, you know, I, I'd bet everything I own on it not being swept under the carpet like it was. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But like, I think inside the cage, I don't think you can question how good Jose Aldo was, to be honest. Uh, I think though that that'll put a question in a lot of people's minds of uh, why wouldn't you take that drug test if you've nothing to hide? And if you if if he was doing something in the past, which we don't know because he never failed a drug test. But it like with Anderson Silva, you know, he fails a drug test, and people go, "Oh, well, what about the other fights then? Was he on this? Was he on the yeah. gear then?" Yeah, that just puts a, it puts a big question mark over everything. Like yeah. age will get you in the end, and. And the young fighters will come up and get you, like Holloway and and Connor have, but um, nobody can touch your your previous record. But then a drug test, a failed drug test, or in this case, a, a, a refusing a drug test, can in a lot of people's mind taint your taint your previous fights that would have been untouchable otherwise. Yeah, that's a fair point. I think as well, like the fact that Usada just came in around that time as well, or around the last year, eighteen months, or whatever it is. And people accuse people of being on drugs or, you know, the changing since USADA got to them. Now, obviously, him getting passed out coincided with that. And I think that's unfair. I, I don't think. I think he just did get passed out by better people. Like, you, people forget as well. And you must remember here, he destroyed Frank Edgar in his last fight, you know, in the fight between the the Aldo and or the, the Max Holloway and McGregor fights. I think that like that is the mark of the man, really, that he can come back from the McGregor fight and still destroy Frank Yeager like but that. You could play devil's advocate on that, though, and say that Frank Yeager is a really, really nice uh, style matchup for Aldo. He, he is, but Frank Yeager is still a good fight, fighter, you know? It does, it he struggles against good fights, strikers, though, Frank Yeager does. He does, but uh, like I think Aldo, there's a lot of re- revisionist history in this one as well. Like, Chad Mendes, he's not the best striker in the world, definitely not. But he still has power, you know. Frankie Edgar, I think is a is a pretty good striker as well. You know, he's not the worst striker in the UFC. The Korean Zombie is a good striker. Kenny Florian back in the day was a good striker. He destroyed all these lads, like you know. And uh, I, I think like Aldo has beaten some really really good guys. Yeah, but compared to Aldo to Kenny Florian striking department, it's, it's not not close. Like, yeah, know. but yeah, that's true. But like that's why he's the best as well. Like you know, no, no, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, like. Yeah, I've been a big fan of Aldo over the years, and and as you say, like the you, you can't stay on top forever, and he stayed on top for a lot of years, more more than more than anybody, if you include WBC and UFC. It's tough to put down Aldo uh, for for the the accomplishments of of the past, but if you look at if you look at it now, we think that the best days are behind him, and uh, he could make a comeback, but I, I I think he'd need to change camps, and I don't see him doing that. I don't think so. Why would you need to change camps? Because this this wake up thing and getting tired in fights, like Gadelia used to get tired in fights, and Novo, Barreau, uh, Aldo, they all get tired. I don't buy, buy into this getting tired stuff at all. He, he didn't get tired. Aldo's a for getting 
getting tired though. Yeah, but he's not though. That's bullshit. He he got tired against uh against uh what's his name? The Canadian person whose Hominic. name I can't remember. Hominic. Who he destroyed Frank Edgar into the fifth round twice. He did the he same. Got tired, he, got, he slowed down though and a lot. But everyone slows down getting into the fifth round. Like it, he did it, it once he got dire in the fifth round against Hominic, but it's never happened again after that. He slowed down, everyone slows down. Like, come on. Yeah, he's still down in my Callaway fight as well, though. I don't think he did, to be honest. I don't think it was that bad. I think it was just the durability and the, you know, Holloway did start to land coming into the second half of the second round and definitely in, in the in the third round as well. Like Aldo didn't look that bad starting the third round. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't Conor McGregor tired against Diaz or anything like that. You know, he was. We've seen tired lads. I don't think yeah, Aldo was that tired. I think Holloway's cardio was at a different level though to to Aldo's in that fight. I, I, think, I think Holloway has superior cardio. Definitely, I think he's one of the best in the division, if not the best. But I still, I think it's just an easy thing to say with with Aldo. You know, this is this has been the narrative people have been pushing when there is enough stuff to show that it's wrong for the last few years. But I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong about it. I don't know. But. Um, Speaking of Frankie, Edgar, like struggled, the weight cut struggles are, are definitely well. They, oh, they yeah, seem yeah. to rear their head a good bit with Aldo. Like he fainted a few years ago, or he was he was on the verge of fainting and had to be taken off the stage at a, the Seven Champions press conference that they had. And as as I was saying earlier, like uh, Gedalia and Brow have struggled with, with uh, cardio in the past and weight cuts. So I I, I don't think it's a non-issue for 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 Nogunio. I think it's definitely an issue. Yeah, maybe it's got a got a uh, one uh, one fifty five is is the answer. Yeah, he's been talking about that for years, and um, maybe that is the answer. Maybe this weight cut, he's done it too many times that his body just can't do it as well. Um, maybe that is the, he's been trying to do it for years. I think I think five six years ago he was talking about this. So maybe now is the time to give himself some fresh matchups and uh, to stop cutting as much weight if it's if it's such a problem for him. I, I said it last night, uh, maybe you've said it once or twice more. I think now Habib Nurmagomedov versus Jose Aldo makes more sense than it's ever made. You know, uh, Nurmagomedov has been, you know, he hasn't lost, but he his career has been dogged over the last couple of years by injuries, by, you know, pullouts, obviously. Uh, Ramadan as well isn't helping him. I think it makes perfect sense now. Even if if they're having that card in Russia, Jose Aldo has a huge fan base in Russia. Apparently, obviously, Habib is big over there. That that's a card that's could be the main event over there. You know, if they want to do a even a um, an interim title, if McGregor isn't coming back anytime soon for the lightweight belt, I know people might get mad about that, but they're they're throwing him out willy nilly now. After I think that fight makes perfect sense. Maybe not the whole Russia, maybe not the whole interim title thing, but I definitely think uh, Habib versus Aldo is the way to go. Would you agree, or would you? Yeah, I definitely. I want to see that fight for ages. So yeah, yeah. I definitely would like to see that. But uh, there's loads of good matchups, interesting matchups for Aldo at 155 as well. It would, yeah. it would just be a, a fresh bunch of challengers. He's fought everybody, bar the very young in the 45 division. So it would just be recycled matchups and uh, trilogies if, if he wants to stick around at 145. Yeah, right. Let's get to to Max before we move on to the other fights. I, a lot of people were giving out to me on Twitter because I said I wouldn't mind seeing Frankie Edgar again a couple of more fights before he gets another title shot and have someone like... Well, you can't be talking about America's boy, Frankie Edgar, like yeah. that. You have to pretend like he's the best thing ever. But he's lost four title shots in a row. Deserves like, everything. Four title fights in a row. Not shots, sorry. He's lost three title shots in a row. Four title fights in a row. Like, come on. <laughs> Give someone else a go. Like, there's... I think Darren Elkins has won four in a row. He's fighting Bermudez. Bermudez has a win over Max Holloway. If he wins, he's right in the mix. Cub Swanson, I know he lost to Max Holloway but uh, recently, but I still think he deserves a title shot over. No, Frank he Edgar. doesn't deserve it. I think he, I do. I think I think he deserved one 
before uh, Chad Mendes got one a couple of years ago, and he went on to fight Frankie Lynn, and he got beat by him. You know, there's a, there's a good few lads hanging around there that could, you know, that possibly could get a title shot. T cities around there. If, if, if they, Nah, not T City, no way. If if the Korean zombie wasn't injured, I'd put him in there. But the fact that he's injured, I, I I'd say Frank Yeager. But I don't think this, it's going to be Frank. Divine divine right that people seem to think he has for the next shot uh, is ridiculous. I think it's bad. I, I honestly think it's a bad thing for the division if Frank Yeager is getting another shot in there. Now build him up. You need to build this division. Now this division has kind of been, you know, this this division has been wrecked for over the last while. Like they took the belt from McGregor, and then a week later, or, or ten days later, or whatever, they made Aldo. Oh no, they, they made Aldo the the interim uh, or the official champion. The and what's the word I'm looking for? Undisputed, undisputed, undisputed yeah. <laughs> and then a week later, they made an interim title fight between um, Max Holloway and Anthony Pettis. Like just absolutely ruining. <laughs> like they had the best champion in the UFC, the most you know. The highest grossing champion in the UFC, the most famous person in the UFC, and then they're like within the space of a week, they kind of wrecked the division. So there's a bit of rebuilding to do to be done into it now. Like put Frank Edgar against, uh, you know, against someone good. I, I think Ricardo Lamas is looking for a fight now. Obviously, the Korean Zombie put out. Have Frank Edgar against uh, Ricardo Lamas, even if he wins that, maybe it, it's three fights in a row, giving the title shot in. Or have someone else. You know, Brian Ortega, I think is fighting soon. Elkins is four in a row. If he wins five in a row, beats Bermudez. I know people. He might be this <laughs> name people love. But wh- why? Why are you saying? Come on, he's won five fights in a row. And Frank Edgar's last four fights. City. We're talking about Key City and Elkins here, like for the next title shot. So, so what? What's wrong with that? Like? They don't. They haven't earned the title Just shot at all. Just because their name. Uh, Edgar hasn't either. Yeah, he's earned. He's fought more, beaten more high level guys than they have. He is, but he's also lost four title fights. In a row. Yeah, no, I understand that. I don't. I, I definitely don't think he has this, the divine right that people seem to think he has, but. Um, just the way that the chips have fallen with with, with uh, the Korean zombie injured, I think I think he makes the most. Frank Edgar does make the most sense. So. <sighs> I I it does like, but I just I don't know. I just don't want to see it. <laughs> I want to see the fight eventually, but I don't want to see it next. I, like, uh, what's Frank Edgar gonna do then if he loses? Like he's talking about going down to one thirty five. Yeah, one thirty five. Then he can go down to one thirty five. Finally. <sighs> I don't know. I do, I've maybe I'll, I'll grow on that match after a while, but just at the moment, I have no interest. Like I think I'll I'll all the way Holloway destroys him as well. To be honest, I think that's that's a pretty good matchup for Holloway. You know, I think like ruling these lads out just because of their names is like Darren Elkins had one of the best comebacks ever in the UFC in his last fight. You know, he's fighting a guy that beats uh, Holloway already next. If he beats him, why not? You know, I I don't like just because yeah, he's Darren okay. Elkins because he looks weird. You know, why not? I don't think it's because he looks weird. It's because he hasn't beaten the, the, any top guys. It's, he's beaten uh, Ursad Bektic. He's good. Bektic is an up-and-comer who has been injured the whole time. Like, Yeah, but what's what Frank Edgar beaten in? Jeremy Stevens, he's rubbish. He's beaten Yair Rodriguez. He's an up-and-comer as well. You know, same thing. Uh, he's, he's a bit better. Yair Rodriguez had a bit more behind him at, this, at that stage than Bektic has been, had been fought twice in three or four years at that stage, did he? I, I think Bektic is a lot better fighter than Yair Rodriguez, to be honest. But. Like, Elkins, Elkins lost to Hakran Diaz a couple of years ago, less than a okay. year and a half ago. Yeah, but sure, Max Holloway lost to... to he Bermuda. won a decision decision over Whiteford, a decision over Charles Skelly, a decision over Pe- Godfrey Pepe, and then he knocked out Bektic in a, in a yeah. fight that he kind of brutalized in. Like, they're, they're decent wins, but I don't think they're put him in the title shot wins. I don't know. Why not? Well, why not? Well, you can you can make any argument for why not any any fight. Why not? Frank Edgar's had enough. Let him let him earn his way back. Let him fight. Fucking I don't know. 
Send your hate mail to ask Sean Sheehan BA. <laughs> Do it. Yeah, I think I'm I'm I just probably about four percent of people who agree with me in this and I, I recognize that. I apologize to everyone, but yeah. Right, let's as long as, as long as you're just not saying it to be contrary to your opinion, then no. fair enough. I'm not. I'm just like I wouldn't do that, you know me no, but I, I don't know. I just it's one of those weird opinions that I have <laughs> and I don't know why. Frankie Egger hater, you're just Frankie Egger hater. No, I'm not really. I'm, you're, the <laughs> you're, you're actually the biggest Frank Edgar Edder around. But, no, um, I just, I just, I just, uh, I just think he's must be overrated. Yeah, um, I don't, to be honest. But I think he needs to. When you lose that many times, like I, I was sick of Uriah Faber getting shots as well. Like it's, it's the same thing, but even worse with Frank Edgar. Like, come on, Jesus. I think, I think a lot of people, uh, a lot of people call it when when McGregor was coming up in the division. A lot of people saying, "Oh, Frank Edgar would smash him." Like I think that. Um, no. That uh, that was ridiculous, and I think that that's been. I think if people look back at it now, they realise that they were wrong in that one. Yeah, agreed. All right, let's move. Uh, let's move down the card. We talk about the the comment event uh, first, I suppose, and that kind of went exactly as as I thought it'd go. Um, Kovalkovic did did pretty well at the start. She was staying on the outside, wasn't getting too close. You know, one, two, three shots, getting back out, coming in again. Gadelia was trying to bring her on because she wanted her to get close so she could take her down. And to her credit, Kovalkovic wasn't doing that at the start. She, was, she wasn't getting too close to her. No, she was landing those shots. She was getting back out. But the, I said it last week and I said it in my preview as well. It's her ability to stick to a game plan is her biggest deficiency. And if she, you know, she needs to change that, if she can change that, I think she's one of the best fighters in the world and she can beat most people in the division. But she went in, she went at, at Gedelia after maybe 90 seconds or whatever, and she kept going then. she what, her, what she needs to do is get in, get out, get in, get out, get in. She went in and she stayed in. And she only did, literally made that one mistake. She only did it once. She she failed to exit from the pocket once. And Gedelia caught her with a body lock, took her down, and it was good and good night, Irene, from there. And, you know, it was it was an easy win for Gedelia in the end. But it was, it was Kovalkovic's inability to pull off a game plan again just like against uh Yin Jacek that caused her to lose yeah and it was it, it, although i agree with you it was very delia uh, capitalized on the on the mistake brilliantly she got she got her custom customary uh body lock takedown straight into side control and pretty much that was that was over from there um carolina gave up her back as she tried to stand up or tried to get back to her knees and that was all Gadelia needed to take the back and sink in the choke yeah what do you do next with Gedelia? I know she's uh, people are talking about oh she's she's lost the injecting twice. She has, but only once has been for a title fight. She says herself, you know, Frank Yegerman could do it. Send this that she wants to fight another time, another one or two fights before she gets a, another fight at at the uh, at the champion. Would you would you stand by that? Yeah, I I, I actually think you should give to Gedelia. I think she can she can sell it on the oh, I've changed camps. I'm a new fighter. I, I'm a different. I'm different than I was. I, I, I was going to. I was about to win that fight against Joanna and Jacek until I gassed out. Um, I think I think you can sell it. I think I think you can sell it. Yeah. So I think that's probably the best fight to make. It's the best fight in the division as well. The two the two best fighters in the in the division. Yeah, I think you should wait wait another while. I wouldn't mind seeing it because of as you said, there isn't there isn't many people around there, and the fights have been so close, you know. And as I said, she's only got one title shot. So like, could could you uh, could you take another one away from her when she's clearly the second best? You know. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit like Joseph Benavidez as well. Like there isn't many people in the division, and what he's won like five fights in a row. Like uh, I think it's a little different than Joseph Benavidez because he can make a strong argument for Cadella winning the the first fight. I know 
that's true. I know that it was, it was, was, close, it was both of them were very close. I think yeah, it was, both of them were very close. Yeah. But the the, yeah, Benavidez, so. the first Benavidez Manny Mouse fight was very close, wasn't it? I think maybe not, but anyway, yeah, I get I your point. Just, anyway, the second one definitely was anyway. He knocked him clean out in the second one. Yeah, very, very, uh, very quickly. I think Adelia, yeah, I think Adelia is the second best fighter in the division, as you say. Um, it's only her second title shot. It would only be her second title shot at uh, Johanna because of their first fight happening years before, over three rounds. And uh, I think the the bad blood between the two of them, uh, the ultimate fighter exposure, all that stuff can can help it again, and uh, they can they can make a really good promo as well. So uh, yeah, I like that fight. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, I, one thing as well that I think is very important to, to keep in mind here is the 125 pound division, because Gidelia is obviously thinking like. Injecek has beaten a lot of people there. She's as good as cleaned out that division at this stage. You know, I think Gedelia is obviously second best. Kavalkovic is, is the next best. She's beaten the two of them. She's beaten Andrade. She's beaten uh, Carla Esparza and a few more. Could she go up is one thing. And if she doesn't, she could, will, she, yeah. Yeah, could Gedelia go up? You know, that's another thing I think that she might be thinking about. Yeah, I, I think Gedelia could go up, uh, especially if she was to lose again to Joanna uh, in, this, in the 115 division. But... Um, yeah, maybe Joanna wouldn't even she wouldn't even want to fight Claudia again. She'd be like, oh, I beat her twice. It's a, it's a risky fight. Maybe she'd be happier to to just go to one twenty five and try to do the the dual champion thing. Yeah, it's it, it's very possible. I think that's definitely a thing. Uh, I think to think about. Right, let's move on to um, another couple of fights uh, lower down. Vitor Belfort came in against Nate Marquardt. Not too much to talk about that one. Um, like I thought, Vitor uh, uh, TriStar Vitor, as I like to call him now. I thought it was. <laughs> The most calm and assured Vitor we've seen in, in a good while. It was clear that he was conserving energy throughout the fight. He, you know, Vitor comes out usually and he throws that spinning back kick, tries to knock a lad clean out, and we've seen him do it with Bisping, Dan Henderson, Lou Grockold, obviously with a bit of a enhancement at the time. But he'd still been trying to do that even after that. But working at, at Tristar now, more definitely more refined, throwing his jab, you know, still landing that hard shot, especially the high kick, but but conserving a lot of energy and he looked good going into the third round you know it was obviously a bit of uh, a bit of tiring late but i had him winning 29 28 i think i think it was about 50 50 on the mma decisions thing but uh what way did you score it i had it for marquardt i had marquardt the first round and the second round um the second round was very close but uh yeah i, I had it for marquardt yeah. i think the second round it's one of those rounds that vitor did all his good work early in the round and people kind of forget what happened then that that happened and then mark Hart kind of won the last mm. i don't know how good that work was though i think the crowd was kind of going mad but i don't know how clean or, or effective like it was i think i think nate, nate did the better and more volume uh over the round and just edged it out but it's it's definitely no robbery it's it's a very very close round and a very very close fight yeah, I agree with that. I think it was close. Uh, Paulo Bojacinho against Olawale Bambosa. <laughs> this was crazy. Your man had a minute worth of gas and then he was done. Yeah, but Bambosa is one of the worst fighters in the UFC. You know, just just really, really bad. Throwing those stupid donkey punches in the second round and Bojacinho just decided, fuck this, and just knocked him out after that. It was not much. Bojacinho didn't look too bad, but he looks like he could have serious gas, pro gas problems. As, well, you know, as, I, as I said last night, that man wasn't born. He was carved. You know, he's just a... Uh, he's some shape in him, that man. So it'll be fun to see him. I wouldn't mind seeing him fighting... You know, he could be dangerous. He could be dangerous. If someone uh, someone high up, maybe a Jackery or a Luke Rockhold or someone like that. No, he's not going to get one of them, let's be honest. But, you know, he, he could get that way because 
MMA is a thing where as well where you're uh, it's not just your ability as well. But people like to say that, that you know, there's it's it's all about skill in MMA. But uh, if you have the physical ability, it can take you a long, long way. And I think he mightn't have the cardio ability, but he definitely has the you know the strength and the athleticism to to get him a long way. Uh, Yancy Medeiros as well, Eric Silva. What did you what did you think of that one? Yeah, um, it was all it was all right. Uh, Eric Silva just he he just. Uh, there was a lot, a lot expected from him over the years. A lot, of, a lot of hype behind him going back several years now, and he just hasn't improved at all. If anything, he's gotten worse. Uh, he used to have kind of, I think it was who was he fighting when somebody was going for a takedown on him when he threw these really nice jumping heel strikes. Takenori Sato. Yeah, that that was really like stuff like that. That kind of flair that he's he just mm-hmm. hasn't got anymore. He was always kind of a one round fighter, or one and a half round fighter before he, before he started getting tired or or whatever. And he was always a little bit chinny, but. Yeah. He's lost that flair that he had that made him that made him unique and that made him very dangerous, and he just doesn't seem to have that anymore. Yeah, Eric Silva stuck between a rock and a hard place. I'll say again, it's durability. That's that's always been his problem. You know, you hit the nail on the head there. He's a, he's a guy that you put. He he looks like he's on the edge of the cliff all the time. You give him one push and he's falling over. Like you know, he's one of these guys that's tried to change up his game to protect his chin. But he's not as good. He's not going to get as many finishes playing that game than he would playing the old game where he puts himself in risk. So, as I said, struck between in a rock and a hard pass, and all it takes at all times is, is one shot. I, I feel he didn't t- try to take Medeiros down enough. Uh, as you said, he, he wasn't landing enough. Big shots wasn't going for the, those risky shots enough, and uh, Medeiros... And Medeiros ended up winning, and I I thought he actually fought pretty well. You know, the best he's he's looked in a while. Even though Silva, I thought Silva looked okay as well, doing what he was trying to do. But he just he has the physical ability, but that chin is always going to play a big problem with him. Um, right. Let's get to a couple of the the undercard fights, and maybe the most technically enthralling fight of the night was Rafael Asuncao against Marlon Moraes, which another fight we kind of called. I think pretty well i i thought morais would just uh would just steal it and i thought he did just steal it as well but have i got asked and saw one decision i don't think you can call that a robbery either it was one of those really yeah i think it was kind of as we say uh as i say fights were razor close i said it would be probably a a split decision as in 29 28 not the not the judges being split um Although you did call, you did say a split decision last week by accident, and it turned yeah, out to be a split. Decision. Yeah, and it was a split decision as well, except for that one crazy thirty twenty seven card, which was a was bit. That? Oh, yeah. Oh, for Jesus. For Austin, yeah. I <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think the third round was definitely Austin Sao, but uh, I would have gave the edge to Marius and the, the other two. But Austin Sao has a way of just edging these rounds out. He's 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 a judge friendly. Fighter, like a lot of people didn't think he won the, the TJ fight, the first fight as well, but he, he it was very, very razor close, like this one was, and he got the nod. Um, yeah, he just he, people were kind of saying, Oh, um, Mariah's is gonna run through him. It's just like this, this is Asensio is a top, top level fighter, and it's very, very difficult to look top level and really good against against him. He makes people look, look, look a lot worse than they are. Like, um, I think it may be if he did. Before the TJ Dillashaw uh, won the belt against Henry if he had fought somebody somebody different than Austin Sao, people would have been giving him much more of a chance. But after the Austin Sao fight, people were like, "Ah, oh, is going to ruin this guy," yeah. because Austin Sao has a way of making people look crap. Like people, probably a lot of people seeing Marlon Moraes for the first time here, going, oh, "What's all the hype about?" But this guy will 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 show you in in future fights. I think, 
and um, uh, people will, will soon realize just how much of an awkward bastard uh, Aston Sao is to fight. Yeah, I think as well there's a big difference between World Series fighting in the UFC. Oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah. You're, and it's not, it's like we go back and it's the last week's podcast. We're, I said the exact same thing again this week that I said last week. Marlon Morris is a really good striker. You said it there, but he's fighting against a different level of striker now. You know, a, a totally different level. You can't show as much flair and as much power in these fights, especially against someone like Rafael Asensio, as you could in World Series of Fighting against, you know, Boxcar Willies, you know. Yeah. It's tough. I still thought he won. Like, I, I, I scored the first round for Asensio. I thought it was 50-50. Marais was winning it, but he Asensio nearly knocked him out in the last maybe 15, 30 seconds of that round with a big right hand. So I think that won it for him. I thought Marais won the second, and I had Marais winning the third as well, even though Asensio knocked him down early in the third. Like, uh, Asensio definitely could have won the third, in my opinion, as well. It was one of those. It was one of those fifty-fifty rounds. I see nothing wrong with this decision either, to be honest. But um, yeah, I had yeah. more eyes. Oh, you actually even considered the first round. I nearly considered going a, a draw after after the the last 10, 15 seconds. But I just I just gave the edge to Marais for the the cleaner work throughout the round. But uh, it not like yeah, no robbery at all. Uh, the first and third. Uh, argument or the the first and third going to ask and say argument makes perfect sense as well. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Antonio Carlos Jr. against Eric Spicely. I thought I, I picked Eric Spicely to to win. Yeah, God, Spicely just fought a terrible, terrible fight. You're you're taking down, you're pulling guard against. I th- I think he's a world champion, but he's definitely a, a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt anyway, a high level. Just. A, just a terrible, terrible game plan altogether and, and just got destroyed in that one. Matthew Lopez was very impressive against Johnny Arduardo. He tried to get him in a leg lock and he just beat the head off him and ended up getting knocked out. Brian Keller as well, submitting Yuri Alcantara. So. Very quick, very quick tap there as well. He he didn't have the full yeah. guard. I think uh, Alcantara could have tried to pass the side control, but it must have been a serious squeeze or maybe Alcantara had some kind of neck injury he was worried about or previous. It was very strange that he tapped so quickly without even trying to, to fight it or pass to side control control which wasn't locked down yeah when you're caught as well i suppose you know you're caught and there's i suppose there's much we can do big big win for irish mma as well in that one brian Keller. <laughs> uh, good one. Uh, vivian Pereira against jamie mile i suppose was a sleeper fight at night another fight that should have been at 105 pounds and not 115 pounds you know that i've said it for a while but i think that's the the second best uh, women's uh, division after 115 pounds, and they should have brought that in before yeah. any other ones. But uh, Lewin Shagas as well looked very good against uh, Judah Jim Wallhead, who put on a good fight, especially in the second round after losing badly in, in the first, but ended up getting getting chucked out. Chagas looked looked unbelievably comfortable in the pocket, throwing big hard shots, and uh, very impressive. And Jim Wallhead, I'm sure he'll be back to, to fight another day. And uh, Davis Deviason Figueiredo, who I've called Figgy against uh, Marco Beltran, ended in the second round. The, the, the ref actually stopped it. it was a bit of a weird one but it was a it was a fun fight while it lasted yeah beltran just he has no take in defense and uh, it's, it's cost him again yeah i agree that, that was the one where it was the 50 50 guard as well for in for about half an hour of the fight which was very fun for me but uh i saw a lot of people uh hating on it the witch sorry that, that was 50 50 guard as well wasn't there in that where there was shoe face and shoe face did it, it happened in two of them, didn't it? Oh, no, you're right. It was yeah. Two faces, yeah. Two faces, they both were triangling their legs, trying to fend off the other's leg lock for, for a good few minutes. <laughs> they were. They were. Right. Uh, before we get to next week's card, Cage Warriors happened, uh, happened last week. 
Uh, I didn't, I didn't see it all, but I, I, th- I think you saw a good bit of it. Nathaniel Wood, anyway, was the was the main fight in the in the main event. Bantamweight won the won the, the vacant Cage Warriors bantamweight title. Yeah, and looked and fantastic looked, doing it. Looked though. very, very good. You know, power. We we saw. Remember, there's that uh, that vine that I've put up going around of him <laughs> a few years ago. Your favorite kicking, vine. Yeah, kicking. Who, who was this? Was it, it wasn't the I keep thinking it's Liam James. It wasn't Liam James. I wasn't it was keep was it keep me No, it wasn't. I don't know. Someone anyway kicking him in the in the hand and breaking their hand like he just kicks uh, hands with absolute power for a one thirty five are very very good and I I don't think it's too long until he'll be in, in the UFC or possibly. Yeah, that was uh, Steve Steve McComb who uh, he blo- Steve McComb blocked a, a head kick from uh, Northern Irish lad blocked a head kick and broke his forearm in the process of blocking it from Nathaniel Wood. Yeah. A few years ago now I think. Yeah, good. Uh, was there anyone else? There was a uh, Darnell Garman one in that card as well, didn't he? From uh, from yeah, Cork. the actual the, the the stream was was diabolical on a sport bible or whatever it was on Facebook. But uh, the Cage Warriors soon put it on their own Facebook and sorted it out. But the the one fight we happened to miss was the Darren Gorman fight. Uh, but they they put the the finish up pretty pretty quickly on Twitter, and he got a nice rear naked choke, good rebound fight after losing to Blaine Driscoll. Yeah, it was an impressive win as well from Matt Inman. I saw that finish. Yeah, that he looked up. he looked very good. He looked the best he's ever looked. I think. Uh, I think actually he was he was looking very good um, in a, in a previous uh, his previous fight as well. He seems to have um, made made uh, good. Um, or actually, his previous fight I think was his loss to Carl Amasu, but the one before that against Che Mills, he looked very very good. And uh, this win over over Brad Wheeler was was thoroughly dominant. Really, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's wins as well there for uh, for Steve O'Keefe against Sean Carter. He looked in the first round, and yeah, it wasn't a bad gauge. Former McGregor opponent. Yeah, indeed, indeed. But yeah, there's Cage Warriors eighty five is coming up again there in, in a few weeks on June twenty fourth. Um, Ryan Roddy, the fight was announced for that, wasn't it? So people be looking forward. To that. I think yeah, Martin Stapleton's on that card as well. So yeah, looking forward to looking forward to that one. Um, Right, let's get into to next week's UFC card, where your boy, <laughs> my boy Derek Lewis, is fighting my real boy Mark Hunt in the main event. Um, I, I was writing my preview for this the other day, and <laughs> I, I struggle not to say really, really bad things about Derek Lewis all the time. I'm, I'm real. <laughs> <laughs> I'm as honest as I can be in my analysis and in this podcast and stuff, but like I had to draw it back a bit for Derek Lewis. Like Derek Lewis is useless. That's uh, he's so bad. He is so bad at MMA. You know, he's he's great <laughs> at finishing people unexpectedly. That's it's, 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 it gets the job done. You can't argue. He's he's uh, he's on the cutting edge of martial arts. It's a way forward. Just do nothing until you win. <laughs> he, that's exactly. Don't waste any energy, and then it's grand. Game, he's right? a, which has evolved, yeah. which MMA's game, which has evolved into just experts playing at range, you know, brilliant footwork, unbelievably high output. And Derek Lewis does none of that, absolutely none of it. He stands there, doesn't throw a punch, has terrible defense, <laughs> gets taken apart, and then wins. I like, I don't know how Derek Lewis keeps doing it, and he'll probably beat Mark Hunt here, even though everything looking at this fight says that Mark Hunt should beat him. Like Derek Lewis, he can't counter. He he's terrible at countering. He's not good going forward. He's slow. It's just he's really, really strong. If you get close to him, he will 
he will catch you and he'll pull you down. He is probably the best mount in MMA today. Once he gets on top of you, he can't get off you and he will finish you in a second. That's that's what he's an expert at. But it's just really his strength, his toughness. He can take a serious licking as well. He's some chain at heavyweight and he'll need to have it, I think, against Mark Hunt. Like, I think Mark Hunt is a, bad, a terrible, terrible matchup for him, to be honest. I think Hunt will stay on the outside of him. Hunt... Even against faster guys than himself, he's good at landing that jab, getting out, coming in, landing that left hook over the top. And I think Lewis is like the perfect matchup for him. Now, Lewis is obviously, he's takedowns, and I said he's mounted the best thing. And that's Hunt's biggest weakness. So there's a, definitely an opportunity for him to, to win that battle there. But, you know, I'd be very surprised if Hunt doesn't chew him up on the feet, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how Lewis is going to win this, except for just... The Lewis method, <laughs> but uh, that should be his point. It's called the Lewis yeah. method. Make it sound scientific and real, real sophisticated. Uh, no, but the Hunt is a much, much better striker. Uh, much, much better. Like his footwork, his, his actual strikes, his timing, everything. But Derek Lewis is going to be a lot bigger than Mark Hunt, uh, uh, tallness wise and uh, size wise. But. <sighs> Mark Hunt, like, it's his fight to lose, really. It is. Uh, never be surprised when Derek Lewis wins a fight. You don't expect him to win, but I'm going to have to go with Hunt in this one. Yeah. Like, Derek Lewis was getting chewed up by Shamil Ab- Radima or whatever his name is, a couple of fights ago. Won that. Travis Brown, as well, was destroying him. Won that. Yeah. Glendale. So you just, you just never know. Yeah, like Derek Lewis is uh, Derek Lewis is a guy you see fighting in a car park, you know, uh, in front of fifty people, <laughs> and it takes Sherdog, you know, eight months to put up the fight because it's, it's that badly organized and stuff. You know, he's one of those lads. He's a, I don't know. I honestly don't know how he's made it to here. Like people talking about him fighting Francis and you know, and fighting for a title and stuff. If he wins this, he could fight for a title. He's won that many fights in a row. And I just can't fathom how he's gone there. I like just there's still something to be said, especially at heavyweight, about you know how much strength and just toughness can take you through even today in MMA, because heavyweight the heavyweights haven't needed to get the the technical technical acumen of someone like an Aldo or a McGregor or a Holloway or a, a Pettis or an RTA or you know an Eddie Al- Alvarez or whatever to to bring them through, and they're just you know that's why guys like Kane who who's really good and steep uh, who's really good get to the top but there's still room for guys like Brock Lesnar uh, who's just all strength and like Derek Lewis who's just all strength to get there as well so yeah he could win and he'd probably win the title against Stipe <laughs> <laughs> if he beat Stipe in the title fight that would just be we'd have uh, to never dare him ever again then uh, I don't know <laughs> <I'm really> not- <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, uh, Derek Lewis yeah he can't win this fight, and Mark Hunt's going to win. But so back there, close. All right, a couple of other fights uh, on this card. Damian Brown against Vin P- Vince Pichel in the undercard. Pretty good. John Moragas fighting. Looking forward to that. He's always fun to watch. JJ Aldridge as well is, is fighting Chang Min Jun in the uh, in the under undercard. Derek Brunson against Dan Kelly. What do you think of that one? Yeah, Judo Dan's back. Brilliant. Gotta love him, really. He's like... Uh... The, the the old man of, of MMA with his with his two knees strapped up and his ankles strapped up and going out there and smacking fools with judo throws and punches and winning fights and nobody expecting to win so yeah I, I love I love myself a bit of Dan Kelly yeah uh, like I think this will Brunson leader knock him out 
or else it'll be like a three-round decision win for Dan Kelly. I think it'll probably be a close one. Brunson is one of those guys who will allow you to back him up, and Dan Kelly is someone who will back someone up and just throw his jab right into your face all the time, uh, and who's good defensively as well. So, you know, I fancy Dan Kelly to win, win the decision here, but you can never rule Brunson out. He's a lot of power, especially when he, he comes off the back foot. You know, Derek Brunson is another one of those guys who does, isn't, doesn't have the best skill set in the world, but can be accurate at times and has power and, and can knock you out. And he's as hard as nails. He is as hard as nails as well. I could see him taking Dan Kelly down as well. Maybe he'll go back to his, his uh, wrestling. I don't think so. Down, I think, think Dan's judo base, you yeah. don't want to mess with that. You don't, in fairness. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one now. It's, it's a fun fight. Obviously, not the, not the best fight in the world. Dan Hooker against Ross Pearson as well. I have to go with Ross Pearson now. Yeah, Ross is, Ross is one of the guys, those guys who can look really, really good at, are are not great in fights. But I, I think I think when he fight when he fights the top guys, he looks very um, basic. But when when he, he give him a nice style matchup, he can look very, very good. Uh, Ross Pearson. Yeah, uh, Ian Kutilaba against Enrique de Silva. I I think that's a fantastic matchup in light heavyweight division. I'm a big fan of Kutilaba, even though he's he, you know he's lost a couple of fights in in the UFC. Enrique de Silva as well has has looked good. Uh, you know, despite maybe being one of the one of the less heralded guys in that division, he's lost uh, he lost a couple of, of fights as well. To uh, he lost to Paul Craig, I believe, um, a couple of fights ago. But I think he won a, a couple of fights as well in the UFC. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Um, I think the best best fight in this uh, card is Tim Elliott ben against Wayne. Uh, Ben Wayne. Yeah. Definitely the best fight on the card. Love some Tim Elliott and Ben Wayne is brilliant as well. This is going to be. I think it's probably going to be a case that Tim is going to be too big, strong, and awkward for him. But um, and Ben Wynn is getting better fight to fight as well. The trouble that Tim Elliott gave to DJ at, uh, with his size for that division, I think, is, is a big factor and will prove a big factor in, in this fight. But it should be scrambly on the ground when it goes there, and it should be mad and unorthodox on the feet, as Tim, Felly, Tim Elliott fights always are. So, yeah, this is a fun one, definitely. Yeah. This might be a bit of a <clears throat> MSI's mat, but um, Ben Wynn lost to Lewis Smolka mainly because Lewis Smolka was kind of bigger and stronger than him and better on the ground. And then Tim Elliott beat Lewis Smolka because he was bigger and stronger and better than him on the ground. So that's kind of, you know. And because you put the cool on him. I put the cool. I did put the cool on him. <laughs> in fairness. But yeah, I, I'd fancy Tim Elliott as well in that one. Um, looking forward to that fight. Though. I think that'll be. If there's a fight at night betting, back that. Then there it's going to be shit because I just put the cooler on it. But these things, uh, these things happen in MMA, Graham, don't they? They do. They certainly do. They do. Right. Uh, before we get to the questions, <clears throat> couple of uh, couple of talking points here. Big country. Ryan Nelson signed for <clears throat> for Bellator. Good match yeah. for me. Do you agree? Um. Yeah. He's kind of run his course in the UFC. Um. I, I think I think uh, Bellator can sell him better. Will make better use of him than the UFC would. So. Uh, I think for Roy Nelson and for Bellator, it's a really good move. And for the UFC, they're not really losing much. He, he's not really selling. Roy Nelson's not really selling pay per views. He's well known, like he was. He fought Kimbo Slice on the Ultimate Fighter, and there was a lot of interest. Uh, the casuals and and the the hardcores in, in that season of the Ultimate Fighter, and that that uh, that Roy Nelson Kimbo fight in particular. So a lot of people do know him, but he hasn't he hasn't been performing in years. Um, so I think I think yes, I think it's a good match, a good perfect fit. I think um, uh, they're, they're, I think they don't have a champion anymore at heavyweight Bellator because uh, their champion just went off to uh, to Russia to fight for a fight like Lobos and the like, and 
default yeah. pick for the weekend. So, but if they could get uh, if they could get that matchup going, I think that would that would be a, a good springboard. Like due to people knowing Roy Nelson, I think Minikov can can improve his name off off of beating Roy Nelson. Yeah, I think there's a lot of good fights there for Ryan Nelson. You know, <clears throat> Fedor is fighting Mitri, and Fedor's probably going to lose that fight. You know, I could see Ryan Nelson fighting Fedor in a fight. You know, I could see Roy going to Russia even or something like that. I could see that happening. Tito's definitely not retired. He's definitely going to come back. I could see that happening. Chuck Liddell is probably coming back. I could see him fighting Roy. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of guys. You could see him even fighting one of those. Uh, what's his name? Um, the James Thompson or one of them. Over in England, you know, I, I could see that happen. Like, look at Ryan came out for his last fight in the UFC. People were cheering him. He got a bigger cheer than him, you know, the men of Inters in a lot of his fights in, in the UFC. So I think Bellator like that, he'd be perfect lad to stick in a Dave and Buster's and be ignorant to people. So, yeah, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's, a, it's a win-win for him. Yeah. So um, what about actually uh, Chuck Liddell posted a picture there about an hour before we, we came on of him standing with the ERDs. Yeah. Uh, Don't call that one. Don't call it. Well, it hasn't happened yet, and Tito's trying to. But Tito playing it down on Twitter and saying he doesn't need the money makes me think it's it's gonna happen. Yeah, Tito definitely needs the money. I'd say probably. You know, he's Tito's the type of fellow who was driving Rolls Royces and and having mansions when he couldn't really afford them. So yeah, I'd say he could uh, he could do with it. But yeah, Chuck Adele was over the hill uh, a good five years ago uh, when he knocked out with a small punch from from not a small punch but and not a power shot from rich franklin who had his arm broken yeah one-handed rich franklin it's, it's like the time mcgregor <laughs> yeah it's exactly the same yeah. but yeah I, that was a joke by the way yeah uh look if chocolate L comes back i want to see him against someone a lot worse than trt's like because trt's is trt's fought for the bellator title last year like so or two years ago whatever Tito Ortiz is still a relatively okay fighter, you know. He's yeah, he uh, destroys Slomenko. I know he was yeah. a lot bigger than him, but he <laughs> Adele's been sitting around for the last five or how long has Chuck Adele been out for four or five years? Uh, yeah, like Tito just destroyed Chael Sonnen, like and Chael Sonnen, what was he? Uh, I know he was out for 18 months or whatever, but still, yeah. then the man was the man was a minute away from beating John Jones, <laughs> yeah. Not. And a minute away from beating Anderson Silva as well, wasn't he? Jesus, but uh, yeah, these things happen. Uh, last thing before we get to the questions, John Cavanaugh came out this week. I think it was uh, with ESPN, was it Brad Akamoto or some somewhere anyway? And he says uh, he said that he thinks Mark Goddard should be referee for Mayweather McGregor. Was this, was this John Cavanaugh just saying words, or did you think he actually this could actually? Um, happen? I, uh, I don't think it can actually happen because I think Floyd is so. Uh... He, he wants to argue every little point and if he thinks that they want that if they want Mark, that Kavanaugh and McGregor want uh, Mark Goddard then he's going to fight that he he fought he fights everything the size of gloves or everything the size of the ring so I, I don't see it happening and I don't think it makes that much sense yeah makes absolutely no sense it's it's a boxing match you need a boxing referee imagine if you had an MMA match and you had a boxing referee what people think of it like it's it's a different sport, you know. And his thing about oh, the clinch is going to be different. Well, it's going to be a boxing clinch because it's it's a boxing match. So mm. <laughs> you know, it's if McGregor Although doesn't make it, hopefully it won't be one of one of the Floyd's favorite refs that let him grapple, but don't let anybody else grapple him. Hopefully, it won't yeah. be one of them. Like what happened with Ricky Hatton, but it probably is. So you know, it's. We'll, we'll see that when it comes up. But yeah, we got that cleared out of the way. Anyway, right. Let's get to your question. <laughs> Cinnamon burning for questions week. of the week. <laughs> the severe at severe my pod to him all week and we'll keep him here we won't actually i promise to answer from last week so we'll get to that a bit of a funny one to start what if each weight class was decided on alcohol tolerance who's the champ and number one contender 
we go we go to top three weight classes so heavyweight yeah who could drink the most alcohol in the ufc heavyweight division ryan nelson is gone now he was up there mm. you know he was probably a number one contender yeah i'd say i'd say well we're not gone now though he's gone mm. someone like um, a tim johnson would be up there Tim Johnson, he was up in Belfast when, uh, I think it was the Belfast card, it was one of the UK cards anyway, and he's putting back a few, no bother to him anyway, so he's, he's uh, I'd say some of that belly is a beer belly. One downside in that though, he's Amer- he is American, Ooh, he is American. Shade. You know, American shade. can't drink, we, know, we all know that. Alexi Olnik, that man would drink five bottles of vodka a day, let's all the, Eng- the English can drink though, Alistair Overeem. <laughs> Uh, they definitely can. They definitely can. I'm gonna go Ar- Arlovsky actually. Arlovsky would drink that, but it's beer then as well. He'd probably drink vodka. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna go with Alexi. Mm, are we missing anybody? Uh, Mark Hunt uh, drink. Beer. Mark Hunt. I say he put put a few put a few points. Say part of that belly is probably a beer belly as well. But uh, yeah. um, I say that there's a good few so. heavyweights that can put away a good few points. Yeah, I agree. Uh, light heavyweight. <sighs> Pat Cummins, I'd say, I don't give you, he's American again, though, so that takes away from that. <laughs> uh, mm, Glover Teixeira looks like a lad who drink pints. Shogun Hua would drink pints, I reckon. Yeah, say yeah. Tyson Pedro, would say he put a few, put a few behind him. Probably would, yeah. Carmian. Valente, um, Valente looks like he's drunk in the cage a few, a few times, yeah. isn't he? Well, Valente is one of those <laughs> lads who, who'll drink one pint and he'll be gone. Jan Blakovic is not a lad. You know, just a lot of lads who good. We are only looking at the rankings here now, so we're probably missing like the shit lads are probably the best lads for drinking points. I, I, hold on, Ilir Latifi, that man drink points. Oh, I don't know. He only puts uh, good, good supplements into his body. But look, things he's an absolute built tank. He is. I doubt he's. I doubt he's much of a drinker. He looks like he seriously takes care of himself. The guy is a specimen. That is true. Middleweight has to. I think the champion there is the champion in the beer. Mike Bisping. He he drink any of them under the table. I've been drinking with Bisping, and he and he can put them. He can put them. But he can put them down. Yeah, Dan Kelly as well. Oh, I'd say Judo Dan. He's a lot of experience in the old pointing. I'd say. Yeah, he's a legendary point man, Julian. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, all right, Mr. Podge, friend of the podcast, at one Mr. Podge. Um, he talks about Jimmy Manoa against Volkan Oldzimir. Does this mean that UFC want Gustafson to fight the winner of DC versus Jones? And who do you think wins between uh, Manoa and Oldzimir? That was obviously uh, made this week. Yeah, I think I think they do want to make uh, uh, Gustafson against the winner. I think it makes the most sense. He has the the very close decision against Jones and the split decision against Cormier, and he looked uh, he looked back to form uh, against uh, back to top form against Glover Teixeira there last weekend. So. I think they're definitely trying to make that matchup, and I think uh, the big fan base he has uh, definitely helps him. Uh, Jimmy Manuel has has fans, but he doesn't have the fan base that uh, that Gustafsson has. And Uzdemir is, is very new to the UFC and hasn't hasn't had much of a chance to build up the the same kind of uh, fan base that Gustafsson has. I think that might be a hard matchup for uh, for Jimmy Manuel that that Uzdemir fight. You know, he's long, good striker. You know. I could see I could see Manuel knocking him out, but still, if he doesn't knock him out, it's going to be a tough night for him. I think that's going to be a good fight. I'm looking forward to that one. But um, yeah, I'll have yeah, to watch it's hard him. to know with Uzumir. We have just a small sample size, even still. Um, uh, Sirkinov uh, kind of just ran into it. <laughs> just kind of kept coming forward till he ran into the cage, and then he got planted with a right with a right hand. So it's still a lot of unknowns around Uzumir. So uh, it's a it's a good it's a good matchup at Manuel to find out where where he is and uh, Manuel's got uh, he's 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 a very good fighter and he's got he's gotten better recently like uh, 
I think we both picked Manuel to beat uh, to beat um, Corey Anderson, but he was the underdog. He was the underdog there. I think people kind of underestimate Jimmy Manuel a bit. Uh, but uh, it's so hard to know with Ozdemir. Uh, I think I, I think I'd probably I'd have to look at the tape before making a pick there. Really. Yeah, uh, Daniel Whitpez over on Facebook asks. He asks us to go through every division, but we, we won't have time to do that now. But who do you think is? Would you look back and see the biggest prospect that has let people down and not made it to the top? From you know, out of your own kind of pick, who do you think? In each division, Someone, or just in, in general? Well, he said each division, but we we'll, we we'll just pick one who was a really good prospect who didn't make it. Um, hmm. Bektic is still a prospect, I suppose. He's still, he still has time, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah he still has time. Do you know, I thought Brendan Shaw was actually a good prospect a couple of years back. You know, his striking was improving, his jiu-jitsu was good at the time. But that chain again, durability is another thing that, you know. And But, yeah, there's... Josh Grisby was really good. He almost fought for a, for a title at one stage. He kind of went down again, you know. Mm. In, in the UFC terms, maybe like Ian McCall's been been a very he wasn't really a prospect, but I he, think he was he too only, old yeah, by the time he yeah. came into the UFC. Um, hmm. Pettis has been a bit of a letdown since he came into the UFC. The WEC Pettis, he never quite, he never quite. Well, he did, he did in, in flashes like the, the the Gil Melendez win and the the second Bendis, Benson win. But I expected more from Pettis, but he's still obviously a very high level guy and. He held a title at the UFC, so it's hard to it's hard to say he disappointed. But I think people after the Showtime kick and after his his uh, his knockout of Lozon, and he just looked like he was he was going to be unbelievable. Um, and it's just kind of fallen apart from. Um, is there anybody else? Pat Cummins as well was kind of a a highly touted prospect before he came into the UFC. And yeah, Will Brooks, Will Brooks be up there yeah, as well. Yeah. He did definitely recently. He'd be, he definitely. Do you know I have it actually? I have, I have the best one. Uriah Hall. He was a good, you know. Mm. He was like, a lot of people thought could be a champion. I had all the. He only lost to Whiteman even before he went to. The I did, yeah, but that was like he lost to Philippou as well, didn't he? Yeah, but that was very early in his uh, in his career. But yeah, I, don't, I think he's up there with one of them. Right. Uh, next question is from Mister Podge again. Um. Uh, Bigfoot lost at the weekend, obviously, as you mentioned earlier. Earlier, he says, "Surely it's time for him to uh, to stop fighting." How do you? How, how should I don't stop? think he will. Uh, I think he's getting probably the most pay he's been getting ever in his life. I don't. I haven't seen the the, the, the payments, or I don't know if they disclose it. But I'd say uh, he was getting paid big money to go over there um, and fight that uh, fight a fight that he probably probably knew he was he was there to lose. So I think he's he's cashing in at the moment, Bigfoot, and I, I think we'll probably see him again. I think uh, that Fedor rematch may happen at some stage. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I didn't see his fight at the weekend, but his fight before that, he took a shitload of damage, but looked yeah. kind of good. I think he's back on TRT now, so that'll help him a little bit. But yeah, he's taking a lot of damage. Yeah. His chin seems to be gone, and he, he he was already very very slow at the best of times, and now he mm-hmm. is extremely slow. Yeah. Uh, next one, Shane Kiley, Shane K S E eighty five. What is it about training judo that seems to give all the guys with judo backgrounds so much KO power? That's actually true. Thinking about it, like Hector Lombard, a lot of KO power. Even Ronda Rousey, she's 
you know, knocked a, a good few people out. Many mm-hmm. Gambrian, Manny Gambrian, Carl Prezen, they're not really knockout artists. Ronda Rousey, not really knockout artists. Ah, she's knocked over. She knocked over. Judo Dan Kelly's knocked out a couple of people, but he wouldn't say he's a knockout artist. And Norman Park, I wouldn't say he's a knockout artist. No, um, but uh, he wasn't high level judo. Well, he's a black belt, I suppose, but he's not like Olympic judo or anything. Yeah, well, well, well who do Olympic judo codes? Uh, Dan know. Kelly, is that it? Your man from uh, that fought in Dublin there against King Mo. What's his name again? Ishii. Oh, Ishii. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. know me either, I suppose. Yeah. He's really not very. I suppose I just think of I don't know if there's part. a correlation there. There might be someone at the weekend. Was there someone at the weekend that, who did that, that he's talking about? I'm not sure. Um, maybe maybe is the answer to that question all right next question again from shane kiley when commentators describe someone as blue collar what does that actually mean in a mega context i have no idea what that means yeah i, I don't like, know Jim. a lot of the slang that gets thrown out doesn't seem to make all that much yeah. sense 185 and a hook what the fuck does that mean <laughs> <laughs> jeff shannon asked about chuck Liddell. we we describe we uh we discussed that if you had to say one word do you think he'll fight in, in bellator Say again. If if you had to say yes or no, does Chuck Liddell fight in Bellator? Sure. Uh, yeah, probably. Please don't, though. I hope not. I think he will. I hope he doesn't either. Yeah. Uh, El Jefe at Wally Frogmore. How good is getting rid of confusion in the 145 pounds division now and having an undisputed uh, interim federal champion? <laughs> I like that. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's good. Yeah. Right? I think PT PT tweeted that he got three or four texts uh, on the night from casual fans who made to his that were asking uh, how what had happened and how was Aldo champion again and they were just very confused by the whole situation. Uh, it's still it, there still probably will be a little bit of confusion to the the casuals who who just followed the massive fights like the McGregor fights or things like that. Uh, but yeah, um, Connor's left that division, so uh, Max Holloway is now the the real champion. So at least, at least uh, there's not two bells going around anymore. Yeah, I agree. Mr. Podge again asks, uh, he asked about the Habib fight in Aldo. We, we discussed that earlier. And he, the second part of his question is, do you think Aldo could retire? <sighs> um, He could, but I don't think he'll want to go out like that uh, in front of his home fans. Getting, getting, He seems to be arguing that it was a, a quick stoppage and he was grand. So I think he'll cling to, he'll cling to that like he clung to the to the fluke, even a baby would have knocked me out, comments and all that stuff. Yeah, uh, there's a question from Richie, at Richie, at IE Richie F, I believe it is. Uh, he says, and I think I've seen a lot of people saying this as well, uh, he made a point that uh, a lot of the people Aldo were fighting were, were kind of wrestle boxers before, and Max was the first real striker, apart from maybe McGregor, who he fought, and, and he was shown up by by them. Yeah. there's, there's I think there's that argument to me, but I don't know. I just think he's past his best now at this stage. I think he, he's he's I think he just passed his prime a little bit past it. And I think he's overtaken as well a little bit by, by guys coming through. Like if I think he had meet, met really good strikers four years ago, I think he would have beaten them. Like I just think that's the yeah. way I think I think I think Korean zombie isn't a wrestle boxer. He he's got good striking and he's a good jiu-jitsu yeah. guy, but I wouldn't call him a wrestle boxer. But Aldo was kinda he he wasn't he wasn't losing that fight, but he was it wasn't it wasn't all plain sailing and then and it was unfortunate for a Korean zombie that he that he popped out his shoulder and dislocated his shoulder, kind of very unfortunate. And Aldo obviously kicked him in three times really quickly and <laughs> made the most of it, like any smart fighter would do. So um, I can see how the argument could be made, but I, I I don't think it's as simple as that. Yeah, I think there's a lot of revisionist history, and 
I don't buy into it, to be honest, at all. I think well, in, in the call light today, people realised how great Aldo actually was, uh, to be honest. Um, Amy McLean asks, lots of champions come from small gins at the moment. Probably better than being a big fish in a small pond, more camaraderie, perhaps. I think it's it's a cyclical thing, maybe. I think, overall, more champions will come from more gyms where you have more competitiveness, where you have more <clears throat> sparring and stuff like that. Um, but there's definitely like if you have a good small gym, I think it's better. More champions come from small gyms now. I don't think they do. do well, they? a lot of them do. Like Stipe comes from a small gym. Max Holloway, Conor McGregor. You know who else? I don't know. Uh, that Demetrius Johnson. I know he's Matt Hume, but like they don't have that many. Well, maybe not a super gym, but I wouldn't say these are small gyms. I think yeah. they are. They're they not like an, an ATT or an AKA, but um, they have champions as well at the moment. But uh, um. Yeah, at one um, stage, like it was, it was looking all Jackson's AT, uh, aka, like you know, ATK almost had four champions at one stage. Like Jackson said, you know, Rashad was there, then John Jones came, you know, the Arlovsky was fighting for a belt, he held it a, a while ago. Holly Holm, you know, there was Michelle Watterson, possibly, you know, they have a, obviously still yeah. have a lot more contenders, but you know, yeah, I think there is definitely a trend upwards in that. Like, if you can get a good small gym and it's all about you, kind of, you know, like yeah. McGregor is, but you can bring the whole camp with him basically over even, to the, yeah, he, Even if you're in a big gym, uh, I think the future is for, for the top level fighters, when they have enough when they have enough money to do this, is to do what Connor did and put a few hundred yeah. grand or a couple hundred grand into a training camp and just set it up perfectly for you and everybody's there just for you and you got the nutritionist, you got, you got everything revolving around you and your coaches and, and staff aren't worrying about anything else except for you i think that is the way forward the way boxing boxers would do top level boxers would do their camps and i think that's the future so i, I can see i can see why a small team would be closer to that than than a super team um obviously have way more fighters to deal with and way more they can't just neglect them for for, for months at a time yeah mm -hmm. uh <laughs> mr Podge asks about aldo possibly having an injured leg as well we discussed that earlier i'm glad someone else spotted that it wasn't just me possible but we don't know uh yeah. damien moya 170 king at knobs 11 he says he wants jason knight against max holloway next i wouldn't mind seeing that <laughs> um yeah uh... anyone anyone but frank edgar yeah i think i think jason knight has a it'd be, it'd be, it'd be like they need to give him it'd be thrown him to the wolves i think yeah i agree brian mclaughlin uh asked there about aldo moving up to 155 we, we've spoken about that yeah i think it, it's a good option for him at elite sport ireland sports quote to my tweet about i said aldo and juventus would win best on defense I, I was wrong on that yes i'm terrible hang me jesus uh dara kelly the tristar turned vitor into nardine taleb <laughs> A little bit, like he was definitely. A, I'm going to use the word again for about the sixth time. Refined. He was definitely more refined. I put um. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, kind of the excitement of Vitor is the the kind of the initial burst, and we didn't really get that, so it was kind of disappointing. <laughs> yeah. Gavin Springett asked Gavin Springett asked, has Aldo lost that invincibility aspect of his game? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. The 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 aura of of this guy's unstoppable was taken away by Connor. Um. Yeah. Uh, people were were shocked that they, they they didn't even consider the possibility that that, that would happen. A lot of people, um, and uh, yeah, I think uh, I think it happened with Anderson. It happens with everybody. And uh, once you get beaten after a long streak, I think the I think it will happen to Demetrius Johnson as well. What happened to all these long waiting guys when they lose? They'll, they'll lose. People will lose a bit of that fear and a bit of a invincibility factor. factor. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, Ian uh, McLean and Jamie McDermott actually ask as well. Uh, Holloway's beaten a lot of the people at Featherweight already. Maybe if he breaks Frankie, a possible move to lightweight. Uh, they ask about fighting Tony Ferguson. How would you see that fight going? Uh, at 155. Um, yeah. I think Max wins, to be honest. Uh, I, I, I said it many times. I think Tony Ferguson's overrated. Um, yeah, I'd pick Max, Max to, to win that. I think he does well. I think there's a. I think as well about remember Aldo used to be one of the biggest featherweights in the division, and now he's not like like McGregor's way bigger than him. Holloway was way way bigger than him, you know. And that's another part of MMA that's moving on. Yeah, obviously the weight cut that you spoke a lot about as well uh, goes with that. So yeah, that's that's it. Andrew Pearson at Verpality asks uh, Edgar is obviously next for Max Boo. He's the next top top contender fight TKZ versus Swanson. I like that. Uh, I'm not sure how long the Queen Zombie's out for. Uh, do you know? Six months, I think. Six months. Uh, I doubt they'll sit sit uh, uh, Cub Swanson for for six plus months. To be honest, I think they uh, they'll need him for like a, a fight night main event or a, a main card pay per view fight. Yeah, I, I think you throw Frankie in against Lamas now as well. Let the car- cards fall where they may. If he wins that, you know, I would I'd be okay with yeah, him. It's a nice match up for Frankie that you'd probably have to you have to go with him on. So, yeah, you're just kind of taking away Ricardo Lamas as a, a, a challenger. But I suppose Max has already beaten him. So, Varpalady asks again, Andrew Pearson, is Aldo the perf- Is the Aldo Aldo the most perfect anti wrestler in MMA? And he asks, how long in the podcast did it take for Sean to bring up Aldo versus Normie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he is he, he probably is the best uh, defensive anti wrestler um, in the UFC. But once you're once you're rocked and uh, tired, and especially rocked though, stunned, and you have this guy Max Holloway putting relentless punches and ground up hand on you, it, it's very difficult. To, uh, recover and get back up. God, uh, MMA can be so un- so annoying sometimes. Like people talking about Aldo and just re- getting replies of thirteen seconds and all, you know. And last mm. night it said I got one fella replying to me, "Geez, Aldo's takedown defense and he's rubbish on the ground, isn't he?" Mm. I was like, Aldo is literally the best takedown defense in the history of the UFC. What the- four minutes and thirteen seconds? Was it? Oh, <laughs> was it? Though? Just to, for the trolls. That, Some more fuel for them. The McGregor fight was eleven seconds as well, and it just took John McCarthy too long to. Well, I think it's when the yeah when the ref put yeah, it. I think it was still eleven seconds. You know, he John John McCarthy knocked Aldo out in that fight with his knee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Jack Durgis asks about Aldo versus Mendes three, and should there be a Hawaii card? I don't like Aldo versus Mendes three. I don't Mendes know. is there for another year, isn't he? With the is with the or um, I think I think it was like. June or was it? Was it May or June 2016? Maybe. Did he got banned? Yeah. Anyway, I think he's out for a while longer. Anyway, and, um, yeah. Uh, uh, Hawaii? I don't think that's happening. Say again? Max fighting in Hawaii. I don't know. Dan White, every time he's spoken about that, he's like, nah. <sighs> um, I, I, don't, I don't know, but I heard in the past that there's there's big like uh, tax problems. It's, it's tough to, to get all the gear there. The timing, the, the, apparently the stadia or the arenas aren't, aren't ideal as well. I think there's a lot of blo- stumbling blocks there. And Max Holloway will, will probably be in very big fights from now on, pay-per-view fights. So I think... Um, um, I think it's probably un- unlikely to happen in the near future. Yeah. Uh, Strike.mx asked about Jose Aldo's leg kicks. We discussed that at length earlier. Good one here from Eamon McLean at Eamon McLean. Follow him, good friend of the podcast. Do you agree with Rogan that McGregor is a featherweight goat or do you think Aldo is despite losing to Striker's voice? Uh, 
Um, yeah, I think McGregor is the best. I think I think that like the game is evolving so quickly that uh, the the current best guy is is the best guy ever in most divisions in nearly all divisions. Like mm-hmm. same with soccer and stuff. You know, these guys from twenty years ago just were nowhere near as good as the guys are now. So I think uh, actual ability. I think McGregor is the best, but his um, his achievements in the featherweight division, uh, Aldo Aldo has the better achievements historically. I yeah, I'd agree with that. Like if you're going. I think you can't look at him in the same, you know, in the same room, kind of, if you know what I mean. Like, you, you have to separate them and how good they were for their time. And uh, I know Aldo and McGregor's time kind of overlapped, but if McGregor gone on and beaten Holloway again, beaten Lamas, beaten Edgar, I think then there'd be no question about it. But he didn't do that. Like, McGregor's taken a yeah. different path. He's gone and up. We're just talking featherweight here as well. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I still think Aldo is, is the goat. But Max Holloway. He, the greatest of all time, you think? Yeah, even though somebody's better on him. Yeah, well, like you know, I think Vladimir Klitschko historically is still a better heavyweight than Anthony Joshua. Historically, but is he? Yeah, mm. like if, I that think one's more like that was a back and forth. That wasn't that wasn't like a complete total domination. Yeah, but that day, yeah. you have you have to put in like it's like this rankings thing, like you know. It, Say Frank Edgar now. Frank Edgar now fought like uh, Artem Lobov, like and, and beat him. The Artem Lobov shouldn't move into number two in the rankings. Like you know that happens all the time. People say you beat a guy, so you take his spot. I don't believe that. Like like Jose Aldo might have gotten beaten by Conor McGregor, but if you look at their like historically at featherweight, McGregor has won a few good fights, definitely. But Jose Aldo's won title fight after title fight after title fight, and said there McGregor moved up and went away from the division. Like that's mm-hmm. the path he took, you know. So. Like I think people kind of mix that up an awful lot. I think McGregor is a better fighter than him, but like the greatest of all time in the division is a different debate. To be honest, like I think Max. Holloway, it just depends on how what criteria. But like the pound for pound list and all that stuff is just very subjective. And depending on what categories you, you think are more or what uh what's more important, and yeah, it's very it's very hard to like everybody's entitled to their kind of opinion on that one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, Nick, they asked a few questions there. Best one he has is thoughts on who should be next for Marlon Moraes. Hmm. Um. Oh, a tough one. You don't want to give him. You don't want to give him too tough of a fight that uh, you end up losing to him on the bounce uh, and take all the momentum. What about, uh, what about what about Yuri Alcantara, who fought and lost uh, the weekend? Could be a fight in Brazil in the next card. There. That's a bit of a step back, too much, too far. I think still is number thirteen in, in the in the division. Maybe somebody like Caraway, somebody that he can beat, but that that uh, is is well known. Uh, Caraway probably wouldn't take that fight if if. Uh, oh, definitely not. If no. the past is to be believed in <laughs> him uh, picking and choosing, um, um, you could do the John Lineker fight. That'd be fucking great crack. That would be great. Oh, geez, yeah, I like that. Do that. Nate also asked, when we see a severe fight companion? I wouldn't mind doing that. We could. We, could uh, we wouldn't be as unoriginal as that, would we? Just to completely rip off yeah. Joe Rogan. Well, people are we ripping... have a bit more imagination than I think most, uh, most uh, on their websites. <laughs> people are ripping us off all the time anyway, so we might as well do it. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm hinting at. Gavin, ask again about Aldo being the featherweight. We just spoke about that. Uh, Simon O'Keefe asked about uh, Holloway fight in uh, in Hawaii. We just spoke about that as well. Patrick Sheehan has a couple of questions here. We'll get to them now in a second. Uh, he's one here. Aldo versus Yair. What do you think about that? <sighs> um, 
I think you you probably want to build the both of them up. I think yeah, you should probably give him a little bit of an easier fight, kind of like the the Mariah, the Martin Mariah situation, um, where he was kind of thrown to thrown to the wolves too quickly against Frank Yeager. Um, I think Aldo should go to fifty five. Yeah, I agree. Best matchups there. Yeah, um, Derek Kelly asked about it as well, fifty five. Yeah, and Brendan Corn as well. Jack Grant, do you think uh, Al, do you think there's a case for Aldo getting an instant rematch? Yeah, there, there is a case. Yeah, I think. Um, I think that, that that could happen. They they could they could do that one as as a as a rematch, but I just for some reason I just don't see it happening. Um, I don't think. I, so. I, Aldo fans would be really they really wanted that McGregor rematch, and I'm sure they'll really want this Max Holloway rematch. But I don't think there's the clamoring for it. I don't think it's I don't think it's a huge fight. And I, um, but it, I wouldn't be all that surprised if it, if it happened. If if if, if Jose campaigns for it. Uh, it would probably make it more likely to happen. So it, it probably depends on what Aldo wants. Yeah. Uh, Lally asked about Claudia Trilogy fight. We, we discussed that. Uh, I think she's going to wait another while for that. Andy Stevenson, could Holloway make himself enough of a draw to warrant a Connor rematch in the next two years? I don't think so. I don't think he's ever making himself a draw. Like <sighs> Holloway, I, I've given him a lot of praise for this over the last year. I think he did so well to stay away from the whole McGregor thing and just, you know, get his own path to the top over the last two years. And I think him now to go back in that and start calling out McGregor, usually I think, all right, that's the wise thing you should call out the, the biggest name for the most money. But for Holloway, I don't think it is. I think he, I think he goes more of a Demetrius Johnson sort of way where he goes contender against contender. If the McGregor fight comes up, definitely. But from a draw point of view, I don't think that's going to happen. It could happen from a dominant champion point of view, but yeah, I just don't see that. It's extremely difficult. Like Aldo proved it, or it was not proved, but it was shown with Aldo and how dominant he was and how masterful he was over the years. And nobody uh, outside the hardcore fans gave a shit. Mm -hmm. Like uh, Connor was a complete anomaly. Like the UFC didn't even want the 155 pound division five or maybe eight years before uh, before uh, Connor started. Connor started his run in the UFC, so they thought that these guys were too small, not marketable. Uriah Faber was probably the most well-known out of out of all of them, and he wasn't that well-known outside of uh, hardcore fans, and he wasn't selling pay-per-views, and he wasn't doing big numbers on Fox, etc., etc. So Connor is a complete anomaly uh, uh, of the lower the lower weight fighters. I don't think I, mean, it's gonna, I think it's going to be very difficult for Max Holloway to become uh, a massive star. Yeah, like I don't think MMA fans really understand as well sometimes what a star actually is. Like we've very very few stars in MMA. Like none know. If you if you McGregor's boxing and Ronda Rousey's gone, like there's there's really none. Like there's there's this bubble that that pay per view at the weekend probably did. If it did three hundred thousand buys, it was probably doing very very well. I think probably. Uh, well, I would have guessed three or four, three to four hundred somewhere in between there. I reckon. I I go between two and three hundred to be honest. Uh, I I don't think it did that well. So yeah. I think that the, like the McGregor world probably would have done a little bit of even though they both lost to McGregor. I think them being known from that fight probably would have brought in a few a few kind of semi-casuals but not many and if you think about that as well right we, let's say four hundred thousand people which i don't which i think that'd be a huge estimate for this like let's say 1.4 million people would watch a mcgregor fight right so that's a million people of a difference those million people of a difference are not that ca those casual fans that are watching it all the time and they're going to look at the records and say conor mcgregor already meet, already beat max holloway why would he fight him again? Like we can look at it and say Max Holloway has improved unbelievably. It'll be a brilliant fight, a pick 'em fight more than likely. You know, but 
most people aren't like us <laughs> you know everyone listening to this podcast knows it'll be a great fight but everyone listening to this podcast is a small percentage of the people who are prospective buyers for the card so that's the way the UFC are going to look at it as well but could happen stranger things have happened but I don't think Aldo or Holloway has the personality or the you know yeah he, he's definitely a good enough fighter but I don't think he's going to become a draw yeah, he has a long question. way to go if he wants to make uh wants to make this an attractive financial uh fight for for Connor. Agreed, yeah. Last question. Patrick Sheehan, Vitor Belfort spoke at the weekend about a Legends League in the UFC and he asked what you think about it over 38 or something like that. Oh, yes, for a dream card. No, I don't, I don't like that. I don't think... I think keep that shit in Bellator. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, not for me. If you want to put the old guys against old guys on normal cards, just not in the Super... in a Masters League or whatever they want to call it, a Legends League, just, just make them fights. Like... But you don't need it. You don't need to make a separate league or a, a separate bracket of of legends. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, Vitor Belfort. Yeah, Vitor. Five more fights in the UFC. Victor Gracie. Yeah. Victor Gracie. <laughs> you're some fucking hipster. Like you, you're the, must be the biggest. I, think, I, I don't know if that's what hipster means, but uh, I think hipster means like latest trends and fashions and stuff. But yeah, okay. You're a fucking hipster. Do you know, how did the hipster burn his tongue? I don't know. <laughs> he drank his coffee before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're the biggest hipster. But anyway, uh, right, that's the end of the podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. Please spread the word. Tag us at Sean GNBA, at Severe at Severe Pod on Twitter. Send your questions all week. If you have any questions coming out of here, send them to at Severe Pod and we'll answer them next week on the podcast. As I said, spread the word Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, everywhere like that. Uh, thanks very much for listening. Follow me at Sean GNBA. Follow Graham at Severe MMA. Anything else, Graham? Um, in the next day or two, we're going to be releasing uh, the next uh, installment of the journey that uh, Andy Cowan has been uh, filming for us. And uh, it's uh, the first one was Joseph Duffy that we released a couple of months back. And this the latest one is going to be Mark Jacasey. So that should be out Ooh. Tuesday, I think. Hashtag breaking news. Yeah, that's and I've seen it. It's very good, actually. It's uh, it's definitely worth watching. For me, Mark Jacasey is the biggest prospect in the UFC at the moment. I think he's going to be lightweight champion in the next... 18 months, two years. There you go. For me, Sean Sheehan, at Sean Sheehan BA. For Graham, at Severe May. We'll see you next week. But as always, before we go, here's the inspirational quote of the week. You cannot push anyone up the ladder unless they are willing to climb. We'll see you next Tuesday or Monday.